<laughs> Nothing. Hey, we uh, glad you're here. We uh, look forward to uh, getting to know some of you. I want to encourage you that uh, if you didn't get a, a visitor's card when you come in, please grab one on the way out, fill it out, and uh, just uh, drop it in an offering box, hand it to someone. Uh, we'd love just to connect with you a little more. Or there's a, a code on the uh, thing out front. You can just scan that code with your phone and fill out the same card online. But anyhow, y'all ready? Yes. You want to pray for my voice. You hear what I sound like. This is what happens when Perry keeps me busy for two nights. Um, and uh, so you get this the next day. Um, we're going to start this series today, and it's going to take us several weeks. So, But what's new, right? You're used to me by now. Um, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit and how it is in our lives. And I was telling Ted this week, we, he came into my office, and we were sitting there talking a little bit, and I said, you know, it's funny, and I didn't plan it this way, but we, we finished up the series on gifts of the Spirit, then we moved immediately into tongues and the believer, and now we're moving into this, and I said, for the last, since the beginning of summer, we've been talking about what the Holy Spirit should produce in the life of the believers, and this is no different, and so I believe God's trying to tell us something, church. That there are things inside of us that should be happening, that Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us should be producing. And so we want to just go into these. Um, go to Galatians chapter 5, and we'll look at verse 20, 22 starting out. <clears throat> and I'll be bouncing around a bit. I'm sorry for that, Bobby. Good luck. Um, Galatians chapter 2, chapter 5, sorry, verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, uh, uh, goodness, faithfulness, sorry, <coughs> gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. We're going to stop right there for now. He says, when you produce these things in your life, there's no law that can be set against you. Uh, if you. If you allow Holy Spirit to produce these things, there's no law against you. There's nothing to be set up against you. Um, I will remind you, if uh, you use the version app, all of this is on the version. all the scriptures, all the notes. You can go there, hit events, and follow along. But I want the first thing I want you to notice that it says there is the fruit... Of the Spirit, the fruit. I want to come back to that in a few minutes. Um, what is it? What is fruit? Well, Webster tells us that fruit is something that's produced. So the things that we just read are what the Holy Spirit in your life as a believer should be producing. Now, I'm going to say this multiple times through this series. It's not fruits of the Spirit. It's not fruits of the Spirit. There's not, he doesn't produce multiple fruits. You don't go to an orange tree and expect to get a banana. You, you know, he, an orange tree doesn't produce bananas and oranges. An orange tree doesn't produce apples and oranges. It produces one thing. The Holy Spirit produces one thing. These are all nine pieces of the same fruit. This is what he produced. So when we start saying... Here's why that's important, because when we start differentiating, well, I operate in the fruits of the Spirit, so I'm real good in love, but I'm not real good in peace, and that's okay because he's, no, he produces all of it, and we don't get to pick and choose what we're good at. We should become well-versed in allowing him to produce all of these things in our life. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. You're lucky just one page over. Verse 7. <coughs> Galatians 6 verse 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. 
For what, so whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Now here, get verse 8. For the one who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. That word corruption there. He says, for if you sow to your flesh, you reap corruption. That word corruption, I like the way uh, Webster's Dictionary defines corruption. Webster's Dictionary says it's depravity. You see, Galen, when I'm left to my own self and I'm left to produce, this is what my life will produce, Rachel, on its own without any help from anybody else. I don't need the devil to help me. This is what I produce. Let me tell you something. I told somebody yesterday, I said, listen, you give the devil way too. Somebody said, the devil made me do it. I said, he gets way too much credit. I don't need him to help me that much. I can mess it up real good all by myself. You know, because left to myself, if I sowed to myself, I reap depravity. It's just me. Wickedness, perversion, deterioration of moral principles. This is what the word corruption means. Uh, loss of purity. Or integrity. <laughs> it is puterance. You know what that means? It stinks. Left when I sow to my flesh, when I sow to my bodily wants, my bodily needs, it just stinks. He says, he goes on to say, it's it, it's it's a foul state occasioned by putrefaction. Don't that sound great? He said, if I sow to myself, if I pay attention to just what I want to do, just my own natural state. Remember, we call it what? Zombie nature. We keep trying to resurrect the zombie nature that God's already destroyed. He's already killed it. He already took care of it on the cross. That nature is dead. But when I try to operate in that nature, I'm operating in a state of corruption. I'm operating in a state of destruction. I'm operating in a state. And listen, again, I'm going to say this again. You don't need the devil's help for this. This is just you. But I like what it, but here's the good news in this. But he who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit Reap eternal life. Everlasting life. The Greek word there is zoe. The Greek word there is zoe. And zoe means this. Of course it means life, but it means absolute fullness of life. When I allow the Holy Spirit to produce in my life what he wants to produce in my life, then I reap the absolute fullness of life. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a good life. I don't want to halfway enjoy my life, Jeff. I don't want to just get a little here and get a little there. No, I want to enjoy everything God's got. You know, God created this life for you to enjoy. He created the pleasures of this life for you to enjoy. But we have to allow Holy Spirit to operate in us so that we can enjoy this type of life. He goes on to say <clears throat> about Zoe, that it's real life. Genuine life. A life that is active and vigorous. Devoted to God and blessed. Man, alive. That sounds like a good life. So what, how, do I, how do I do that? How do I get there? I've got to allow Holy Spirit to just oh, move and flow through me the way he wants to. I have to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to take my wants, my desires, all the things that I have been building up, and I am going to lay these aside because if I just play in these things, I'm going to reap putrance, destruction, corruption, nastiness, and I'm going to allow Holy Spirit to operate through me. And when I allow him to operate through me, then I'm operating in the God kind of life. That's the last part of the Zoe. It's the God kind of life. And that's where God wants you and I to operate. That's where he wants us to be. That no matter what we go through and what we're doing, we're always allowing him to operate in us. Now, we, we a lot of times don't allow him in our life. And so we find ourselves in corruption. Now, 
how do I know that I'm letting Holy Spirit operate in my life? Well, he told us how we know. You know, you can know if the Holy Spirit is operating in your life. Let's go back a page to chapter 5. Go to verse 22. Now, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If that describes me, then I'm a walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Holy Spirit is producing in my life. And what is he producing in my life? The God kind of life. Zoe, life abundant, life eternal. What if I am not walking in these things? What if I don't see these things in my life? Then I'm probably sowing into my flesh. And out of that flesh, I'm going to reap putrids and corruption and nasty and stinky and, you know, all this other stuff. And so I need to look and say, okay, Holy Spirit. And that's what our challenge is through this whole series is to ask yourself, what am I producing? What does my life look like? What does my mental state look like? What does my relationship with others look like? Because the fruit of the Spirit is it's for you. Just like most everything else, the fruit of the Spirit's all about how you're relating with other people. <laughs> I know it's hard. Verse 24. Again, he goes against such in verse 23. He says, against these things, there is no law. Verse 24. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now look at verse 25. I love it. If I live in the Spirit, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now we can say yes to that, and I'm glad you did, Alice. We can say yes, amen, but I want to show you something here. There's a difference between living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit. Well, I'm in the Spirit, are you? You may live in the Spirit, but if you're walking in the Spirit, then it will produce things in your life. Living in the Spirit is what happened the day you said yes to salvation. Yes, this is my salvation. The reality of it becomes real in my life. It is my salvation. I accept what's already been done. I realize there's nothing I have to do. There's nothing I have to work on. There's nothing I have to check off the box to make salvation mine. I just say yes. And I move over here into the spirit realm. And that's where I live from now on. But just because I live in the spirit doesn't mean I walk in the spirit. Your walk is how you do your daily life. It's where you go. It's what you say. And so as we start today to examine these, and today may be a short one, because I just want to introduce this to you. And I want us to realize that just because we live in the Spirit doesn't mean you're walking in the Spirit. You can, there's two different things. Or else he wouldn't have wrote it that way. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So we're looking at nine pieces of the same fruit. If I had an orange and I opened it up and I hand you a piece, would you leave here today saying you ate an orange? You'd say, I ate a piece of an orange. You can't say I ate the whole orange because I, I kept eight pieces back for myself. You would say, I got a slice of an orange. So when we're just allowing the Holy Spirit to operate to where I can operate in peace, but I'm not going to operate in love because Ted made me mad. Guess what I've done? I've quit walking in the Spirit. I've jumped over here. I'm still living in the Spirit. I'm still, everything's good with me and God. I'll see Him when my eyes close forever. But because of my attitude toward Ted... I've, it's kept me from actually walking where the Spirit wants me to walk. So I've lived in the Spirit, but I've not walked in the Spirit because I've not allowed this Holy Spirit to produce in my life what He needs to produce. And we can say, well, I got it, I got it, I got it. Yeah, you, we can say we got it, but our lives will bear. Let me tell you something. My daughter, she's watching. 
She's home with COVID, I'm sure. I used to tell her all the time when she was a young teenage girl, I'd say, Sydney, what is going on? Nothing, why? I said, well, you need to tell your face. Cause, and, and I get this a lot. Man, people look at me and they're like, oh, man, that guy's scary. He looks mean. I'm, I'm, I'm the nicest guy I know. <laughs> James, I'm the nicest guy I know, man. And people say, well, I don't know about him. You know, I had, I had one lady actually told a principal of a school that I should not be allowed in the school. Now, at the time, I looked a little different. I was completely bald-headed. I had my ears all gauged out and looked a little, looked a little different, you know? And uh, I, was, I was walking, she said, and, and, and the principal who's known me all my life, she said, what do you mean he's got a child in this school? Just like you. She said, well, have you seen him? Because she didn't take time to get to know my walk. Mm. See, sometimes all people get to know is your walk. And we have to ask ourselves, am I walking in the Spirit? In other words, are these things being produced in my life? <laughs> so I used to tell my daughter all the time, tell your face. Because what's going on here is not what, maybe what you feel on the inside. Uh, anybody else like that? Okay. <laughs> I have one brave soul back there go, me. <laughs> so today we're going to start, and I'm challenging you to allow Holy Spirit to minister. Let him show you areas where, okay, let's settle this now. Uh, that's, I, know, I know people hate when people do this in church, but we're going to. How many believers you got? You've, salvation is yours. You have no doubt about it. Raise your hand. All right. Good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to challenge you over the next several weeks. Am I allowing, am I walking in the Spirit or am I just living in the Spirit? Am I actually walking this out or am I just living the good, safe believer's life? Or is there something that I can do to go further? Go back to verse 22, please. But the fruit of the Spirit, the first thing that Holy Spirit should be producing in your life is love. Well, I can love. I love my mom. I love my dad. I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my spouse, my wife. Holman Bible Dictionary says this is the word love. It says love is unselfish. Sometimes you shake a snow globe and you just wait for it to fall. <laughs> love is unselfish. Love is loyal, benevolent concern for the well-being of another. That's what love is. When I'm walking in love, my life is producing unselfish loyalty and concern for the well-being of Rachel. No matter what Rachel has done to me, no matter if Rachel has wronged me, no matter if Rachel has done the most awful thing that somebody could think about to do, if I'm going to say I'm going to walk in the Spirit, not just live in the Spirit, then I will still be able to look at Rachel and in my heart have an unselfish, loyal, benevolent concern for her well-being. And that is hard. It's easy with my wife. That's easy with my wife who, who, who does everything for me and takes care of me and spoils me. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled. I'm just going to tell you right now. But Rachel did me wrong. So I need to have an unselfish, loyal, benevolent concern for her well-being. And if I, can't, if I can't look at her, even after she did me what she did to me, what she did to me, and that's not my attitude toward her, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not walking in the Spirit. And we can go around and say, I'm spiritual all day long. 
I'm spiritual. I'm spiritual. Watch me pray in tongues. Watch me dance. Watch me shout. Watch me lay hands on the sick and they recover. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Trust me, they are. And when the first word's out of my mouth, let me tell you how much I can't stand Rachel. Just look straight ahead and nobody knows we're talking about you. <laughs> when I say, you know what, I, I, I could care less if she dies. I would tell you an old West Virginia saying, but it's not really appropriate, so I won't. <laughs> it has something to do with what I wouldn't do if she was on fire. Do we have people like that in our life? And if that's our attitude with them, are we willing to let that little thing keep us from being exactly what God wants us to be? Are we willing to allow that hurt, that thing that come up, am I really willing to hold on to that to the point that it keeps me from walking in the Spirit? Mm. Go to, if you will, to John chapter uh, 15. John chapter, are you with me? I told you this series hopefully will challenge us because we all have somebody. <laughs> Some of us have two or three. Some of us have more. Some of us just need to get saved all over again. I don't know. Wash me clean again, Lord. John chapter 15, verse 12. So this is my command. Uh-oh. Now I'm reading now the Passion Translation. This is my command that you love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. What is the standard of love set for my life? It's Jesus himself. The standard by which I show love was set by the one whom I claim to serve. And he says, here's my command. That means this is not a suggestion, guys. This is a command that you love others as deeply as he loved me. Well, how much did he love me? He loved me enough to die for me. That's unselfish benevolent care for my well-being to take my sin so I don't have to carry it no more so he says here this is the love that you should have as love some others as deeply as I loved you verse 13 for the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all we know King James, for no greater love is any man than this, that a man lay down his life for his brothers. But I love how the passion puts it. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Ah, oh, but it says for his friends. Yeah, except he made all of us friends. Oh, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't with them. Nobody said, you know, sometimes, folks, relationships get fractured. And us being human, we try our best to be like God in every way. But sometimes that same type of relationship may never come back. But just because me and Rachel, you sat up front, so you're in trouble today. Um, just because she did what she did to me. And, you know, I may never have that same relationship again, but my heart and my spirit can still be unselfish, benevolent, and concerned for her well-being. I can still have that for her, still want that for her. I can still pray that for her. You know when you know when you know when you know you're walking in this? is when you don't want to and you still find yourself saying, God bless her. 
Bless her with more than she can stand. Bless her with more than she can handle. Bless her with everything you've got for her. Set her up for victory. Set her up for greatness. God, and all of a sudden you really mean this and you're praying for her. Now, it doesn't mean that the same relationship's there, but now I really got into this. I want God to bless her. I want God. See, when I'm doing that, Jody, I've crossed out of living in the Spirit. Now I'm starting to walk this thing out. Because for God so loved the world that he, he gave it all. No greater love. So we're talking about a kind of love that is different. And if you've got somebody in your life today that you're struggling with this, this is why we call it repentance. We, we act like repentance is for people who aren't awakened to salvation and they need it. No. Repentance is for the believer. When I have that person and I just want, I need to get past this, I have to allow this to go and I have to walk in love. Go, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. I can't do this. I hear it. Somebody in here saying it right now. I can't do this with them. I can't do this with them. You can. You have Holy Spirit in you. He wants to produce this in you. This is what he's in there for. He can produce this kind of love in you. Come on. Well, why don't he? Because I won't let him. Because I still feel the need for justice. I still feel the need for vengeance. I still feel the need for vindication. The scar still hurts. Well, evidently you haven't let it scar yet. Because scars don't hurt. My grandmother used to tell me, you keep picking at that thing. And that's what we do. Rachel hurt me. And so I lay in bed at night and I think about that. I can't believe she did me that way. Man, I thought we were closer than that. Man, I just... Does this sound like your nights? Okay. I just can't believe. Why? Why? What am I doing? I'm still picking that thing. I won't allow it to heal. And when I won't allow it to heal, it gets infected. And when it gets infected, it will get into your bloodstream. And then you become, give me a nurse in here. Then you become septic. You know what sepsis does? It'll kill you. Sepsis can kill you all because you chose not to walk in the Spirit. Mm. Let's go to Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. Well, glory to God. I'm reading out of the message, I believe. I love how the man, he didn't wait on me to get ready. He showed up to take care of my sin before I was ready for it. Yeah. Hey, get the little hint. He did it before I even asked for it. Yeah. Uh, you realize what that means? I was forgiven before I was born. He knew the stupidity of my life. He knew that there would come a time when I would walk upstairs in my house after just hand having my behind handed to me. It happens. And he remembers me looking at Satan, and I do mean Satan, and saying, I've seen what he's got, let's see what you and that become my life. So much so that when my wife married me, she met a, a she actually had we had a mutual friend in common. And she said, "When I heard you were marrying him, I couldn't believe it." She said, "When I knew him, he was evil." And she she's not lying. And before I ever did that, I was already forgiven. 
before I ever prayed a prayer to Satan, before you ever did the craziness of your life, Jay, he already forgave you. This is what love does. Love says, I don't care how bad you're going to hurt me. He knew what we were going to do and still die. I love that part of that verse. It says, Christ was right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyhow. Anyway. That's why he made it so easy that all I had to do was say yes. That's all he asked of me is my yes. Verse 7. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. We can understand, excuse me, how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless acts. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. That's why I love the message. This is my favorite version of of this verse. While I was of no use to him, he still put his love on the line. So if I look over here and I remember everything Rachel did to me, and my thoughts toward Rachel is she's of no use to me anymore. Well, what's my response should be? I should remember what Christ did. While I was of no use whatsoever to him, he still put his love on the line. So whatever she's done is no excuse for my love for her. Because he loved me without my excuses. He didn't wait for me to fix it. He didn't, hey, he forgave me before I even asked for it. Oh my goodness, folks. Do you realize what Holy Spirit should be producing in our lives? Now, am I telling you today that this is easy? Nope. (laughs) This is not easy stuff I'm teaching you. People say, well, I, I had somebody tell me one time, Rachel. They said, well, you've, you've been feeding us milk. We're ready for the meat. This was the first message I preached. And then they come back and said, no more, please. <laughs> because this, is, makes you, this makes you look at yourself. You know what? Meat is something that's hard to swallow. And if you're sitting there today and you're finding the things I'm saying hard to swallow, guess what? That's Holy Spirit trying to say, I'm in here and I want to do this and I want to take you from living in the Spirit to walking in the Spirit. But you're going to have to let go of some things you've been holding on to. You're going to have to let go of some bitterness that you're hanging on. You're going to have to let go of some feelings you've been hanging on to. And I will take you from living in my Spirit to walking in my Spirit. And when you're walking in the Spirit, you'll begin to produce the things that He wants to produce in your life. Verse uh, 11 or 9, where are we at? Mm, Verse 9. Now that we are set right with God, by means of this sacrificial death, the consummate blood sacrifice, there is no longer any question at being odds with God in any way. Verse 10. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we are at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of the resurrection life. If when we were at our worst, we were put right with God, This is what should be producing in our life. Just because Rachel was at her worst, I should still be able to put her right with me. I should still have benevolent concern for her well-being. In sacrificialness. Yeah. Selfless sacrifice. That's a better way to say that. In selfless sacrifice, 
But man, I don't, I can't really stand her, him, them. I mean, I don't know. It's for you. What's that got to do with anything? Because at one time we were of no use to God whatsoever, and yet he still put his love on the line for us. While we were of no use to him. First John chapter 4. First John chapter 4. Are you with me? I know we're not running around shouting. But this will take you deeper than that. A shout's good for a minute, but you can't live on it. <laughs> we'll get into that someday. Verse 7, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you. If you're loved from God, you already raised your hand to this, then you need to let his love, the same love that you were loved by, pour out of you. <clears throat> from one to another because God is love get that God doesn't try to love you he is love it's his nature it's what he is yeah but I can't stand them let that love that while you were of no use to him he still died for you let that same love pour out of you again will it automatically fix the relationship a lot of times no because a lot of times, I'll quit picking on uh, Rachel. A lot of times, he may never want to try to fix that relationship with me. You try to take my money. Um, <laughs> he may never, and, and if he don't, that's okay. Because when I'm walking in love, I'm walking in the spirit for me. It just, he bears the benefit of that. This is really about me. What I'm offering to him, he said, God is love. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences him on a more intimate knowledge, in more intimate knowledge of him. Verse 8, the one who doesn't love has yet to know God. For God is love. King James Version, he that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. It didn't say God wasn't Savior. It didn't say that you weren't a believer. It didn't say that you're lost and dying to hell just as you don't know him. See, you can know somebody and not know someone. A lot of it happens in churches like this. Oh yeah, I, I know Greg over there, but you don't really know Greg. You just know that's Greg and that's Dr. Ruth, his wife, and, you know, I know them. No, you know, but it's one thing to really get in there. He says, and he that does not love does not know God, or else he would know God is love. Verse 9, the light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. Verse 10, he loved us long before we loved him. Long before we loved him, it was his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrifice, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. It was his love. So Ted's done me wrong. I'm not asking for his love in return. Just like God never asked for mine. He, he sacrificed himself way before I could say, here's my love back. It's his love. So I'm offering him my love. I want to bring him back into that relationship with me. Now, he may not ever, ever want it and, ever, and, and live the rest of his life outside his relationship with me. That's his choice. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to give myself sacrificially. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bless. Hard stuff. You, everybody still here? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's because we got names goes through our head right now and we're like mm. how do we recognize love it's not cuddly you know it's really not usually it's dirty it really it really is 
it's, it's those times when Dee is sick and she's throwing up and, and everything's there and I'm still right there beside her. It's those days when I'm a jerk. Those don't happen. Those don't really happen, folks. That's a big example because it's just not who I am. Uh, but those days when she, she might, don't ask her, just look straight ahead, baby. Uh, she, but it's those days when I'm just nasty. And she still says, you want me to fix you something? You want me to do something? It's those days when she still gives to me when I may not be given back to her. This is what sacrificial love looks like. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Smith Wigglesworth tells the story of his wife. He was a, uh, before he had given his life to God and became a huge uh, evangelist, he threatened his wife that she couldn't go to church. And he told her, if you go out that door, I will lock you out of this house. I will change the locks and you will not get back in. Well, she, went, she got up, she went to church. He did exactly what he said he was going to do and then he went to bed. She slept all night on their front porch. And the next morning he gets up, opens the door and she falls inside. And without saying a word, she got up and went and immediately fixed him his favorite breakfast. And he said that's the day he knew the love of God. That while he was at his worst, she still showed that love. Folks, this is what the world's waiting on. The world is waiting on believers to really be the love of God. Not the ones who stand on street corners with stupid signs. Come on. Yelling and screaming at people as they drive by in cars like we think they can hear us anyhow. Telling them how awful they are, how bad they are, how much that God hates them. God doesn't hate them. Hear me, God doesn't hate them. He can't, he's love. This is what he's waiting on. We want to quit living in the spirit and we want to start walking in the spirit. What does it look like if I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels yet I didn't express myself in love my words would be reduced to a hollow sound and nothing more than a clanging cymbal. Said so you can pray in tongues all day long but if you're not going to walk in love you're just making a bunch of noise. And you can talk about it all day long Perry but if we're not going to show this kind of love and walk in the spirit we're just making a lot of noise. And we wonder why people look at the church and go, I ain't going there. If, if, if Galen's going, I'm going. I'm just as good as him. I know what kind of man he is. Because we, the, the world's waiting on this. Our thing is, are we going to answer this call? Are we going to be this kind of love people? There's nothing more. Verse 2. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy and profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that I could move mountains, but I have never learned to love, then I am nothing. I can have faith, I can move mountains, I can do miracles, but if I don't have love, why? Because that's God's nature. And if I don't have love, then I am nothing. Verse 3. And if, I was, and if I were to be so generous to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Do you think this is important? Look at verse 4. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle 
See, this is what love looks like. We hear this at weddings. Everybody, this is read almost at every wedding. It's a, this is more than just to a man and a woman. This is to the body, to the world. A body to each other. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. <laughs> well, why did Rachel get it? I know what she's like. I know her past. I know everything about Rachel. Why is she walking in God's blessings and I'm not? I'm not walking. I'm living in the Spirit, but I ain't walking in it. Because if I was going to walk in love, I wouldn't be jealous because she got blessed. It would excite me. Because what God does for one child, He'll do for them all. Love doesn't brag. about one's achievements nor inflate one's own importance. Love doesn't traffic in shame and disrespect. Oh my goodness, folks. Nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated. Let's read that again. Everybody ready? Love is not easily irritated. Try it over here. Love is not easily irritated. <laughs> or quick to take offense. It means love doesn't get offended easy. I'm not going to ask you if you get offended easy. I could probably tell you if you get offended easy. But love doesn't get offended easy. Listen, Dee and I have worked our lives to try to live in this. We, we really have. And I don't know how many times somebody has done us wrong and we bring them right back in and we treat them... And people say, are you stupid? Why? Because that's what Jesus did for me. Pastor Dave, every time I blew it, every time I messed it up, every time I sinned, every time I fouled up when I thought I couldn't fix it, there was God. Looking at me saying, you dumb being dumb? <laughs> are you ready? Remember I told you, my, my, my story of awakening to salvation. He didn't tell me how bad I was. He didn't tell me, hey, look, you've, got, you, 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 you've scared everybody. All he said was, you know what you need. And I said, yeah, I need to go in the other room. <laughs> I'm not joking with you. You all heard this a thousand times already. And in the other room, you know what I heard? You know what you need. And I said, yeah, I need to go upstairs. <laughs> and when I went upstairs into my bedroom, you know what he said? You know what you need. I said, yeah, I need to sleep in the other room. I couldn't outrun his love. Because yeah. everywhere I went, I ran face first into it. And that's where God wants to take me. That everybody I come in contact with runs face first into the love of God and it changes their life. That's where I'm supposed to, see that's moving from living in the spirit to walking in the spirit. It doesn't get offended easily. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others love never takes failure as defeat 
or it never gives up. Well, how long do I have to love them? Well, how long do you want God to love you? We laugh, but it's serious. How long do I have to put up with this knucklehead in my life? Well, as long as God puts up with this knucklehead. Again, things may be fractured and may never go back. But that doesn't mean that he can't heal me and take me to a place where I'm not living in the spirit anymore. I'm walking in it. And when I walk in the spirit, that's where signs and wonders and miracles happen. And that's why he wants to take us into allowing the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in us. Is it a challenge? Absolutely. Is it hard? Absolutely. Will you get it wrong sometimes? Absolutely. I wish I could say that I do this right all the time. That'd be a lie. We'd have to start all over again. But I know where to start. And it's with him. Producing what he needs in my life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. Oh, Father, Holy Spirit, move in this place. Move in our lives. Move in our situations that we may stand before you a total resemblance of your spirit, a total resemblance of your life, a total resemblance of you in all ways. Father, let us be a people of love, of great love. And where we fail, we ask forgiveness now. We ask forgiveness. Because I haven't done it right all the time, Lord. And Lord, I know that I'll still make mistakes, but I'm going to do my best from this day forward. To walk in love like never before. I praise you. I glorify you magnify you in all things. In Jesus' name. Amen.